Welcome everybody to the show. Today is February the 17th, 2024. It is 12.37 p.m. in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, and this is Learning to Pray. We read at the end of the parable of the prodigal son in the gospel in St. Luke's gospel, we read that his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew near to the house, he heard music and dancing. And he called one of the servants and asked what this meant. So the elder son in the parable of the prodigal son was disconnected from the house and from the home of his father. He was disconnected from what his father was doing, right? You don't throw a party in 30 minutes. Probably there were things to be prepared before this party that the father organized when the prodigal son came back, right? So the fact that the elder son didn't know anything about it means that he was completely disconnected from the life of the home of his father, right? Yes, he was working hard in the fields, but he was far from his father. And of course, he was far from his brother, right? Because the servant told him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fatted calf because he has received him safe and sound. But he was angry and refused to go in. And this man apparently was a good man. He was keeping his duties and keeping up with his work, etc. But the reality is he was disconnected from his father and from his brother. He lacked real love. It seems that the parable of the prodigal son is about only this young man who made big mistakes and then he converted and came back home. That's part of the deal. But in the parable of the prodigal son, we see also the episode of this elder brother who was completely disconnected. And yeah, he didn't make big mistakes, but still he was lacking that connection with his father and his brother. Which brings us to the topic of our conversion in this land. We got to convert, and convert means connection with God, connection with others. Eh? That's why we need prayer to connect with God, to open our hearts to God's grace, right? That's why we need to learn to love others, to practice, excuse me, to practice almsgiving, to give to others, to serve others, eh? because that's the way our hearts connects with others and with God, because we are creatures and we depend on God and on others, right? So our real self is that connection with God, who is our creator, and connection with others, who are an important part in our development as human beings, right? So let us convert and to have this love. Uh, and we ask our Lord for that love. True love is something that brings to our lives real good fulfillment, which makes us feel real good. And that's what you feel when you experience true love. This man was disconnected from his father and from his brother, so he was just loving himself, right? Real love brings to our lives real fulfillment. It creates a constant feeling and presence of well-being. When we love, we feel deep down in our hearts that things are going well, although we don't lack challenges and difficulties in life, right? And when you experience true love, you love it. Uh, it becomes bigger. Real love can only grow bigger and bigger and bigger, right? Whereas the fake love 
you know, grows smaller because it gets me kind of fed up with it, right? So fake love precisely is that, yeah? Fake love doesn't fill your heart properly. It gives you only instant gratification. And then you need to repeat billions of times to try to feel some real love, but you are in the wrong place because you are kind of trying to have only instant gratification. And that's not what we need, right? Then that fake love usually creates an addiction. And that addiction makes people to feel frustrated because they are looking for that love, that gratification that never really comes, right? So then you feel bad, right? This is what we see in our pop culture. There is this song, My Stupid Heart. I'm going to read for you a few lines for you to see how it works, right? When you put your heart in the wrong place because it's kind of selfish, that love never fills your heart the way you want, right? That song goes, quote, my stupid heart don't know I've tried to let you go so many times before, then wound up at your door, my stupid heart. Can't believe that I haven't figured out by now. Every time I call you up, all you do is let me down. Should have known there was nothing about us I could change. Every time we try to be friends, it always ends the same. But when I try to remember all the pain that we've been through, something in me says whatever and it brings me back to you. So you get back to the love that doesn't fill you, that makes you feel bad actually, right? So that's the fake love versus the true love eh? that makes us feel good. Here is a quote from St. Augustine that describes the person in love. And that's what we want to be, right? A person who loves God, a person who loves others. St. Augustine says, the person who loves runs. And the more intensely he loves, the faster he runs. Let us run then by virtue of love and charity, disregarding the things here below. Yeah? So let us ask our Lord in our prayer to help us to grow in love. Let us ask our Lord to help us to learn to love, because otherwise we will give in to selfishness, right? Because the reality is our heart needs this love. Yeah? And here are a few ideas that we can work on to grow in that love. First one, we got a love unconditionally. Yeah? Regardless the defects of the person, regardless the hardships of my life, I gotta be loving, always loving. Yeah? And for instance, when I really love, I never get tired of anybody. Because when I love, I look at them with good eyes, right? Love starts in my heart and I feel good feelings about this person. I try to feel these good feelings about this person. Then I have good thoughts about this person eh? that goes together good thoughts, good feelings about someone, then that shows in my words. Then I have words for others, and not fights, words. Not violence in my actions or violence in my language, no. Good words. And then it follows them, good deeds. My answer is going to be always an answer or a response of love in front of everybody. Eh? So never to get tired of anybody. That's the first point. Second point, empathy. Eh? Empathy is super important. The Lord was a person, highly empathetic person, let us put it this way. The Lord broke down and cried for Lazarus. The Lord was touched in his heart when he saw the widow of nine, you know, mourning for her son, right? And when he was asked to go and heal Jairus' daughter, he went right away, eh? because the Lord is empathetic. The Lord has this empathy. That means to walk in other people's shoes so that you understand where they come from and you 
know how to deal with them. Eh? So that's the second point. Empathy before indifference. <clears throat> then purity of intention. We need to love people with purity of intention. I don't love people for the things I can get from them. I don't love people because they are super good. No, I love them because I love them, because God loves each one of us 100%, right? And that's why I love them. Not because of what I get from them, not because of uh, whatever you want. No, it's just I love them because I love everybody, right? Purity of intention. I love them without getting, getting anything in return. Huh? Then a very important line that we read in the Acts of the Apostles, there is more excuse me, there is more joy in giving than in receiving. That's a line that we find in the Acts of the Apostles, and that was the, the, the spirits of the Apostles in the first years of the history of the Church. They were so happy to be evangelizing, they were so happy to be close to Christ, and they were serving others and loving others. There is more joy in giving than in receiving. True love has to do with what I give to others, and I give myself. Each one of us is a gift for those around us. And those around us are a gift for us. And that leads us to the next point. Love has to do with accepting and embracing the originality of those around me. Yeah? That's an important thing. To accept, not only to accept, but embrace the originality of those around me. That's why it takes observation so that we can learn to love others, right? Um, <clears throat> the philosopher Joseph Pieper says, quote, Loving someone is to say how good it is for me that you exist right now, right here. And that's the feeling of love. When we discover every day how great people are. When we discover every day people's gift for us, right? And in order to get there, we need to make an effort. Eh? So that's why we have to work on admiration. If we want to really love, we need to work on admiration. The word admiration comes from Latin admirari. Eh? Mirari is a verb that means look at, then ad mirari, ad means towards. So it's not only that you look at, but you look at someone in detail. Okay, so mirari, look at, plus ad, towards. So to look at and to get the details. It's like when you see, seeing is different than looking at. When you look at, you get details. So the semantics of the word admiration is you look at plus you know you get the details because it's ad mirari towards you you look at plus towards right so that's the effort we gotta make so that we can discover people's gift for us people's originality we gotta embrace it and love it eh? and then the person you admire is the person that has the authority eh? and you want to do whatever that person wants you to do because you admire this person and you like this person and this person likes you right that's super important in our dealings with others eh? Nobody follows someone just because of power. There are people with power. Power is something that is given, but something that is earned is authority. And we earn authority when we look at people with this admiration, when we see their virtues, when we see their potential, and we want to work with them. So that's something important to accept and embrace the originality of others. And then, of course, True love lasts forever. We love always, in good times and in bad times. Then, micromanaging is not love. Because it's micromanaging people comes down to using them as, a, as an object. You are an object for me, so I'm going to use you so that you're going to do whatever I want. 
So that's terrible. That kills love. Eh? So every manifestation of micromanaging people is bad. Every manifestation of lecturing people is bad. Eh? Every manifestation of rigidity in our dealings with people is bad. Because we have to respect people's freedom. And of course, the person who teaches us to love in a great way is our lady. Our mother heard this prophecy, a sword shall pierce your soul. And that prophecy found fulfillment during the Passion. Our mother had to suffer, had to go through the Passion to become the mother of the Church, to become the mother of all of us. And in that suffering, she showed love. So there is always this uh, downside uh, to love, if you like, that is the suffering. But that suffering fills us somehow with joy. Eh? And we enjoy this love because, you know, sometimes we feel the suffering, but most of the time we feel the joy. Eh? But we need to learn to sacrifice ourselves. Eh? So I hope that these ideas were useful for your prayer and for your conversion this land. And as always, if you want to make any suggestions, feel free to send me an email to John dot agundes at gmail.com I'll see you in the next episode